Okay, so for my uptake submission, I'm deciding to do an audio um, just because I think it would be an easier way to really get my thoughts and ideas across. Um, initially, I had tried writing everything down and was having a hard time, so I figured maybe talking myself through the process might be a little bit better. Um, overall, I think I had a harder time with this unit than the first unit. And I think that had to do with class time being taken away and that face-to-face -face interaction and kind of like seeing where all of my peers were at. And I think that it was kind of a disadvantage this time around. Obviously, the circumstances were out of everyone's control. Um, so I decided to interview teachers, uh, for my podcast because I'm interested in going into the field of education, specifically, um, English language arts. So I thought this was a good project for me to be able to really get an idea of what it's like to be a teacher. And for the project, it was unconventional and I didn't know how I was going to make a podcast and I felt kind of uncomfortable with it all just because I feel like I'm pretty insecure about having other people hear my own voice so that's another reason why I've decided to do this uptake submission in an audio version. Um, so for my antecedent knowledge of podcasts, I think it kind of did me a disservice overall. Um, just because I usually only listen to true tr crime podcasts. And with that, it's really straight to the facts, not much of entertainment, but more, it's just interesting to listen to. And it makes you aware of what's happening and dangers that you can come across. And there are those real real world applications that are like that. Um, and I think that I was trying to approach my podcast that way when it was really more of a learning and kind of preparing myself and getting the ideas of what my future career would be like and how much you really incorporate all of these different modes of communication without even realizing it. And I think that a discussion that we did in class, um, I can't exactly remember what it was about. It I think it was the last um, really discussion, student-led discussion that we did about um, the literate activity systems in McLean County uh, YWCA, where we talked about um, our professions that we were thinking about pursuing and the questions that we would ask approaching our interview. And that was something that I really think also helped set me up. Um, I was lucky, lucky enough to be able to get interviews super early on, and I was able to talk to Professor Kappen about my questions and go through and make sure that they were as clear as possible. And some of them were kind of repetitive, um, which 
I think was a good thing because it really helped me drive the questions home and get the information that I was trying to get. And I think by asking the questions in a different way, it kind of helped my interviewees phrase their answers in different ways so I could get a well-rounded idea of what they were trying to say. Um, and I mean, I knew that there's a lot of writing in the field of education, but I don't think until I had drafted my first questions that I had considered all of the different people and discourse communities that you're a part of at, um, in the field. And one thing that really showed me, I think the best thing that helped me was the section of my interview where I was interviewing my mom and uh, Christine Roche was when they were talking about all the different ways that they communicate and the people that they communicate with and how it was trial and error and learning and the mistakes that they made, but they realized that it was okay and how they became more well-versed in their communication skills the further that they went on in their career. And I think that was something that I hadn't really prepared myself for. And through creating all of my questions and really going through and having to take the time to refine them to make sure that they were clear um, really helped me to get those answers that I had questions to to see if this is something that I could see myself doing for the rest of my life. And even Miss Bontowski mentioned something in the interview about how she didn't appreciate the politics of the way that things are, but when she's in her classroom with her kids, she's totally good. And it, I think it's something that I hadn't considered, and they've all been doing this for so long. And I found it really interesting how they were able to stay so passionate and gain the confidence um, to advocate for themselves and become more confident people in their demeanor and the way that they spoke by pushing themselves and realizing like, this is my job. I have to call these parents. I have to talk to all of these people if I want to get the results for the kids. And it's something that I had a little bit of practice in. And this is some more antecedent knowledge. When I was a day camp counselor trying to relay messages to parents at the end of the day to let them know if their kids were misbehaving and just importantly to let them know that they're doing well because it's going to deteriorate the communication and not make the parents not want to hear from you because you're only saying bad things about their kids. So to also let them know that they're doing things well and you have to be careful with the words that you use because you don't want to offend them either. And I think that that was something that I learned also from the teachers that I interviewed. And I think it made me also appreciate what my mom does every single day and how hard she works because she comes home and tells these stories and they're funny and everything, but really hearing 
all of the things that she does and all of the planning that goes into each and every class period and how every class period is kind of like a different discourse community where some classes may not respond as well to certain lessons as other classes and you have to approach teaching in a different way. And I think it takes a lot of creativity to do that. And it kind of made me feel like it was something that I could do. Um, And I think that I'm going to be able to transfer all of those things that I learned into my academic career. And I think it's something that I'm doing now by pushing myself to do an audio version of the uptake submission notes because it's something I'm not typically comfortable with. And I think it motivates me to continue in the, into the field of education just because it's something that I do want to gain more confidence in. And it's great to have those conversational skills and to know how to communicate with so many different groups of people. And I think personally, it'll help me be a better communicator you know, like with my boyfriend, with my family, if I'm able to communicate things um, in a more delicate way to where maybe I'm not losing my temper so quickly and I'm being more understanding of different circumstances um, because that was another thing that they mentioned is that you're not there every day in every minute of these kids' lives and you have to understand that there are some things that affect them and make them act the way that they do. And Christine said it um, also because she teaches the emotionally disturbed children that you have to tread lightly because some situations and lessons um, could be uncomfortable for some students where it's not for others. And how expectations are at different levels for kids who are in different phases of their steps to being back into mainstream education and how behaviors for some aren't acceptable for others. And I think that's true with all of the people that you meet, um, that you just really need to tread lightly and have an open mind. And I really liked how they said, too, that coming in to school every day thinking it's a new day even if it was a terrible day earlier with one class like you have to start over and that patience is key to really keeping your motivation and showing up every day for yourself and for your students and I think that that's something that you can apply to your academic professional and personal life um when you are communicating with people or if you have a bad day for like yourself and take it out on someone that you don't really mean to and you need to make sure that you like make things right with that person and I think after doing this interview that was something I was able to apply um because I went on vacation with my roommate and we had gotten into TIFF at the airport and I had said some things out of anger and I knew you know, that what she did, she was coming from a good place and I had to step back and take breaths and realize like, I can't just come off that way and that I need to understand her perspective too and really 
think about where she was coming from and she wasn't doing anything to be mean or malicious. And so I took that time after we got off the plane to make sure that I apologized to her and explained myself and said that I knew her heart was in the right place and everything like that. Um, I think that for research for this project, I didn't really have to do much. Um, rhetoric is such a broad term. And I think that was something I was confused on. And we had even discussed it in class. And we said, it's hard to really put a definition on it. And there are whole classes based around it. And you're never going to get um, really a one line definition for what exactly it means. And I think that's something I may be still confused about. And really broadened my questions and helped to make them open-ended because I was able to see what their take on rhetoric was and how they communicated and they got their lessons across in different modes um, to make it interesting for their students. And I think that's something that I'm going to also be able to transfer like those skills that I learned from talking to them into a professional career and even academic um, when you go through and you're doing student teaching or you have to come up with lesson plans for a class, I think that's going to be something that's going to be really beneficial to myself in the future. Um, overall, I think I learned a lot um, from this project about what exactly I was getting myself into and you know, part of the background questions that I asked were for myself and not necessarily for the project, but I think that was a question I needed to ask to help make the project a little more relevant to me specifically. Um, and the question I'm talking about is when I asked them how they stay passionate and if they think it's showing up for themselves as well as their kids. And I feel like I got really great answers for all of them about like starting fresh on a new day and it's all about perspective and realizing that you need to have an open mind um, about what the kids are coming into that day and whatnot. Um, I think another thing that I wanted to talk about was the demographic that they're teaching in and how I decided to interview three teachers. And it kind of made my whole project process a lot longer, but I think it gave me a wide variety of answers um, because I went from a mainstream seventh grade English language arts teacher to a seventh grade math bilingual teacher and a teacher who teaches sixth, seventh, and eighth grade emotionally disturbed children. And all across the board, they were saying, you know, like giving the same advice that I had mentioned before. And even my mom with her bilingual students was saying how at the end of the week, she gets jumbled up and it's just harder to communicate because you're switching modes um, so many times throughout the day and it's okay to get frazzled and it's okay to, you know, struggle. And I think that was really good advice to take in 
all parts of your life, um, personally, professionally, and academically. And I think it's something that a lot of teachers, especially Professor Kappen, help us to do when by making us feel invited to ask questions, even if they may seem silly, and being sure that she's being clear and giving us our answers, even if we're not understanding what she's saying. Um, Another thing I wanted to talk about was the discourse communities in um, the school and just academics, um, how it varies. There's a discourse community in every single class that they're a part of. Um, there's discourse communities in their grade levels and their teams in all of the things that they're doing. And I thought it was interesting, too, how my mom, who's a seventh grade bilingual math teacher, is able to collaborate and come up with lesson plans that are so similar and work for um, sixth, seventh, eighth grade emotionally disturbed children. And I think a part of that is that they're at such a disadvantage. Um because of that language barrier and that it makes it harder to communicate. And I think that's something that Christine helps my mom to do. And it was really encouraging to see that other teachers do that for each other. And it was something that I maybe didn't really think about. And it made me feel more open to the idea of like collaborating together as a class and really putting my all into those into my peer review and making sure I was being honest and, you know, leaving that window if Sierra needed help on anything else. Like she was more than welcome to come to me for that. And I think it was really encouraging and I was able to apply it to my academics there. And that it was overall a really helpful project. Um, I would say the one thing that I didn't really like or felt like I learned from was creating or was transcribing the 49 minutes of my podcast, which was pretty difficult. And I think another reason why I decided to record an audio um, talking about my process this unit is because I had written 12 pages of transcription. Um, But I mean, I think it made me careful in my revision and it helped me to go over my audio again and make sure that the questions were being answered the right way and I was um, giving my listeners I would say what I wanted them to get and I think that Cole also really helped me when he had said how I approached my podcast in a very like this is a project way and I should be more creative with it and it was the advice that I took And I changed the name of my podcast from just investigative podcasts to what's in a teacher's communication. And it kind of made me think of what's in a name by Shakespeare um, or that line. And because really what is in communication and it can apply to all different career paths. And there's so much that goes into it that I don't think I could even unload it all in that 49 minute episode that I created. Um, So I think this was definitely a challenge, but I was motivated by it to overcome it. 
and really step out of my comfort zone with this project, um, which overall I think is going to help me in all aspects of my uh, academic, professional, and personal life, just because it's going to push me to vocalize things. And I'm not a big vocalizer or talker, and I hate talking things out, and I hate conflict, but it's something that you just have to deal with, and it's going to be a part of my professional life, as I learned from the um, interviews that I did, and I think that it, it's a really great tool for me to learn.